Hi, and welcome to your own podcast. I'm Dr. Melanie Barham, uh, Ontario Animal Health Network Coordinator um, at the Animal Health Laboratory, and I'm joined today by Dr. Andrew Brooks, who's a pathologist at the Animal Health Lab. And Andy's going to be sharing with us uh, some information about diagnosing and uh, choosing tests for Salmonella Dublin, as well as some of the clinical hallmarks uh, from a pathology perspective. So welcome, Andy. Thank you. Uh, so, Andy, what can you tell us about Salmonella Dublin from a pathology perspective? How does it appear on, on postmortem and histo? Um, what does it look? Sure. Well, Salmonella Dublin is mostly uh, a disease or causes disease in in young calves, usually less than six months. Although, in theory, any age can be affected, but we see most of the problems in younger calves. And I would say we see the most often in veal calves and, uh, and on dairy calves. The, um, the clinical problems that we see associated with the animals that come to postmortem usually involve complaints such as fever and respiratory disease. Some of the cases may have diarrhea, but that usually is not a, a common uh, finding in these animals. The other um, complaints in the history that I observe are uh, a general increase in mortality in, in the calves. Now, Seminole Dublin tends to cause um, pneumonia and septicemia. And so the lesions at postmortem are, reflect septicemia and pneumonia. So the common lesions that we see are bronchopneumonia, uh, splenitis, which usually uh, appears as an enlarged spleen, uh, hepatitis, so inflammation of the liver, uh, arthritis in the joints, uh, meningitis, and as well, um, practitioners may see petechial hemorrhages throughout the body. So those would be the common gross uh, postmortem findings that we would see with uh, Salmonella Dublin, and that reflects the, the fact that this this bacterium causes septicemia and pneumonia as, as the most common problems. And in some cases, though, if animals die very acutely, the, the lesions can be subtle and they may be presented to the veterinarian just as a, a found dead without uh, many overt lesions. It, it is important to note, though, um, that Salmonella Dublin does not tend to produce severe gastrointestinal lesions or GI disease. And that's, um, that sort of runs against what most veterinarians think of when we think of Salmonella. We often think of it as a GI disease and diarrhea. But Salmonella Dublin does not tend to... Um, to, to produce that sort of disease. It's mostly a septicemia and pneumonia. Okay, great. Um, and what, uh, what do you guys normally see when you're looking, when you, um, when you get to the phase of histology? Uh, so the, the histology, again, is uh, mostly a reflection of the septicemia and pneumonia. The histology is not necessarily specific for Salmonella Dublin. It's just a reflection of a bacterial infection of, of the tissues. So we can often see it, for example, in the lungs, a separative bronchopneumonia, and in the uh, spleen, liver, and joints, we'll often see neutrophil-rich inflammation or necrosis. And those aren't specific to Salmonella Dublin, but they are um, typical findings in a bacterial septicemia. Okay. And if a practitioner is doing a postmortem on the farm, as we're asking them to do in their in the project, the Owen Bovine project, um, if they if they wanted to, or they can also submit to the lab, 
um, what should they be on the lookout for, like when they first open the carcass, or if they're not even suspecting Salmonella Dublin in a calfwood mortality? What what would you expect to see when you first open the carcass, and if there's any precautions that they should additionally take if they're suspicious? Sure. Well, I think even before the practitioner opens the carcass, uh, there would be some features in the history and in the herd that might alert them to the fact that Salmonella Dublin could be a problem. Um, for example, I, in any dairy herd that's experiencing increased morbidity and mortality in their calves, uh, particularly if the calves are experiencing fevers and signs of respiratory disease and pneumonia, uh, I think Salmonella Dublin should be included on the differential list at that point before the uh, carcass is even opened. And then once the carcass is opened, uh, you know, the practitioner should be looking for um, you know, the common findings with Salmonella Dublin, that would be evidence of septicemia and evidence of pneumonia. So careful examination of the lungs, looking for consolidation, you know, the classical uh, lesions of bronchopneumonia. And then also looking at the um, major filtering organs where septicemic bacteria tend to produce um, disease. So, for example, uh, looking at the spleen for splenomegaly, you know, having a good look at the, the liver and the joints, and uh, if they can uh, open up the skull, having looking at uh, having a look at the meninges, because um, those organs where uh, septicemic bacteria tend to produce their lesions. Okay. Um, and when the practitioner is uh, submitting, uh, what samples should they submit for testing if they're suspicious? Well, the um, the bacterium uh, is readily isolated from several organs. Uh, particularly in these cases of, of septicemia. And so organs such as the lung, spleen, and the liver are good organs to take. We refer to those as the filtering organs. And uh, Salmonella Dublin is readily isolated from those tissues. We routinely, in the bacteriology lab, do Salmonella enrichment in all bovine lung samples submitted for culture. That's part of our monitoring program for Salmonella and Salmonella Dublin. But Salmonella Dublin also grows quite readily on, on routine blood agar. So submitting lung, liver, and spleen for bacterial culture is a pretty good test to pick up Salmonella Dublin. Okay, and would you submit? Um, would you suggest submitting histology along with a fresh sample as, at the same time, or, or just the Yes, absolutely, um, because, of course, not all uh, cases that the practitioners will be doing postmortems on are going to be seminal Dublin, and so oftentimes histopathology is, is helpful at investigating other disease processes as well. Histopathology is not um, always diagnostic-specific for seminella Dublin. Uh, the histopathology will just indicate that there's a likely a bacterial septicemia, um, but histo can often provide other information as to what might be going on in the calves on the farm. So yes, it's definitely useful to include histopathology. Okay, great. Um, and can you just review the testing options available and when a pr practitioner might choose each of them um, for, you know, for testing for this disease or? Sure. Well, certainly from a post-mortem sample uh, or from a post-mortem, uh, samples uh, of fresh tissue uh, particularly you know, lung, liver, and spleen, the filtering organs uh, submitted for bacterial culture. It's probably the most effective uh, way of diagnosing Salmonella Dublin. Any PCR serology options that you would recommend or, or just, uh, just the bacteriology at this time? Well, I'm, I'm not familiar with a, a PCR for Salmonella Dublin, 
but uh, bacterial culture is quite effective for uh, diagnosis of a post-mortem uh, investigation. In terms of testing live animals, there is an ELISA test available that detects the antibody response to Salmonella Dublin, and that ELISA test can be performed on serum or milk samples. So these, uh, this ELISA test can be used in different scenarios. For example, uh, some practitioners are doing bulk milk tank testing to look for Salmonella Dublin antibodies in the milk, which is a way of screening at the herd level uh, for herds that may be harboring Salmonella Dublin within the cattle. And then individual animals, of course, can be tested uh, with a serum sample to see if they've been exposed to Salmonella Dublin. Okay, perfect. Um, now, is there anything else you wanted to share with veterinarians uh, as far as submissions um, with respect to this particular disease or Castwood um, postmortems in general? Well, I think we've covered the, the major points. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the important things for practitioners to remember, though, is that Seminole Dublin is mostly a septicemic disease and it causes pneumonia. It does not typically produce GI disease. So submitting feces, for example, is not a very sensitive way of diagnosing Seminole Dublin. Okay, very good. Um, and practitioners can submit photos along with their postmortem as well. Is that correct? Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, for, for any case, uh, actually, if practitioners would like to send us photographs of lesions that they're observing, uh, we'd be more than happy to uh, have a look at them, and often they provide um, some nice context to the other samples that have been submitted to us for examination. Okay, perfect. Um, okay, thank you very much, Andy. Is there anything else you wanted to share before we wrap up? Uh, no, uh, no, I think that's it, Melanie. Thank you. Okay, perfect. Thanks.